This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome back to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm your host, Kevin McNamara. Thanks for joining me on this edition of the 401. And I know it's July, the heart of baseball season, or maybe golf season for a lot of my pals. But it's always basketball season here at the 401, as our regular faithful listeners can attest. Now, we, we could talk NBA free agency right now, which is just absolutely on fire. Whatever happened in the NBA's collective bargaining deal with the players where all this activity takes place at the start of the new calendar, new basketball calendar year, every July 1st or so, keep it coming. It's outstanding. We, we used to have the hot stove league in baseball. That's kind of petered out. It used to be busy and you know kind of explosive. Now, the NBA this time blows that away. And good for the Celtics, picking up Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana in a really good trade. If that guy is healthy, he's a keeper. A really good addition for Brad Stevens and Ime Udoka. But this July basketball podcast is not about the NBA. Instead, I'm happy to catch up with Jim Calhoun, the legendary former UConn hoop coach. Last week came the news that Jim, who, by the way, resides in South Kingstown, Rhode Island, all summer long. He and his family just love it down there. Uh, I just happened to bump into him down in South County a few days ago and uh, lined up this podcast. He's, Anyways, he's going into the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, which is in Kansas City in November. Now, that's different than the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame up in Springfield, which kind of encapsulates all of basketball. This is only for college basketball. Again, it's out in Kansas City. And obviously, Jim Calhoun actually is already a member of that with his three national championships, but he's never been formally enshrined. So that's what's going to happen for for Jim and actually Roy Williams in November. Now, what caught my eye, though, is also in this class is one of his stars, Richard Hamilton, from the 1999 national title team, Rip Hamilton, who had a great pro career as well, and Providence's Jimmy Walker. Now, the walks should have been in this hall years ago. And, and hey, Kansas City guys, have you ever heard of Marvin Barnes? Let's go get that done as well. Ernie DiGregorio was just in a couple years ago, by the way. No walk until this time. And walk is the greatest player in Providence College basketball history. But Coach Calhoun is a Boston native, and so is Jimmy Walker. Now, I'll say that Walker is the greatest college player ever from Boston, not named Patrick Ewing, who really is from Jamaica, but grew up in the Boston area. So I'll give the nod to, to Patrick and his unbelievable career at Georgetown. But Jimmy is the only player from a New England college ever to be selected number one in the NBA draft. That happened back in 1967, the Detroit Pistons. And just saying the name Jimmy Walker brings oohs and ahs from the fans lucky enough to have seen him play for Joe Mullaney back in the 1960s. That was certainly the case with my dad. I grew up in Providence and just loved Jimmy Walker. Uh, My friend Bill Reynolds from the Providence Journal, he wrote extensively on Jimmy Walker. He played against Jimmy Walker as a player at Brown, and he said he purposely would foul Walker just so he didn't have to guard him and make himself look bad. That's a creative defender right there. 
But uh, Jimmy Walker, one of the true greats, is going into that National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame with Coach Calhoun. So let's get right to it. My conversation with Jim Calhoun. Really pleased to welcome in former UConn Husky Hall of Fame coach Jim Calhoun. Well, it's, it's multiple Hall of Fames. He, of course, is a Naismith Hall of Famer. And then just this week, I think he was already in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame. But uh, when I saw the release and I saw Jim Calhoun, I saw Rip Hamilton, I saw Jimmy Walker. It was only one person I wanted to have on the show this week. So, uh, uh, Coach Calhoun, uh, thanks for uh, coming back. Well, Kevin, always good talking to you. I actually, well, a few reports I read and actually thought you knew something. So that's a good thing. <laughs> I not understand. all the time. I can't give you full credit, but not all the time. But you knew what you were talking about. Well, I, I always like to tell this story. The people say, well, what do you think of Coach Calhoun? I said, well, I like Coach Calhoun. When I used to call over uh, to stores, yep. he, he would take my calls, and he would always say, you know, I, I like you and that Bill Reynolds guy. You know why? Because you're not from Connecticut. I, well, I, I think at the time when I came to Connecticut, you remember, and most folks maybe do or don't, but you, we had the Horde. The oh, yeah. Horde was 17 small, big, papers, New Haven Register, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down the line, and they all fought for space, and I happen to be in the middle of that space, so anytime I see Wojo on TV now with ESPN, mm. I always remember he wrote an article about me leaving camp with my new car, my new uh, Lexus, <laughs> and I was going recruiting, but <laughs> his point was simply I left the poor kids there, but but, but the point being is, is that it was a tumultuous time in a different way, because the guys really were hungry, and the reporters could probably got more news long before the uh, the web and so on, the, the internet became so popular right. and, and got a lot of information out, sometimes true, sometimes false, but at least always uh, about UConn. Understood. Uh, well, they also get more news because once Jim Calhoun got it going there, you guys won an awful lot uh, for anyone. Well, I'll just read the bio from this latest Hall of Fame, National Championships, 1999, 2004, 2011. That That says a lot right there. But how about this? While at UConn, 16 NCAA tournaments, four Final Fours, 10 Big East regular season championships, seven Big East tournaments. So we're not going to go deep uh, uh, on this on those highlights, Coach, but uh, the fact that Rip Hamilton is going into a Hall of Fame with you, uh, I'm, I'm sure that makes this one very special. Well, you know, anytime you go in the Hall of Fame, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And to have Rip go, I want to see him someday go into Naismith. Because you remember, he was MVP of the NCAA tournament, two-time All-American, was the leader of the first national championship in men's basketball for us, and then on to championships with the uh, Detroit Pistons. I think he's three-time All-Star. Hmm. I mean, he's got a world championship also. But, uh, yeah, he was a terrific kid and really developed as a player. And it's kind of funny. you got to kick out of this, Kevin. But Rip, you know, was a was just a kid you he had ice. I used to tell him he had ice water in his veins, mainly because the moment never affected him. After, if it did, it made him even better. I think he called me uh, over the time. We talked quite a bit, but he wanted to call about what I would say to his players. I said, not the same things I said to you, <laughs> <laughs> at least in that language. Right. Uh, interesting player, because if I had to go out ask you who – who was the most important couple players who, who came to UConn? I know you would say Chris Smith right, right out of the shoot, a, a great, great guard from Bridgeport, kind of a great star who stayed home uh, once you, uh, you established yourself there. But uh, Rip Hamilton uh, wasn't until 99. You had been a uh, 96, I believe, he was a freshman. You had been there roughly 10 years. But uh, under the radar kid from, I believe, Coatesville, Pennsylvania, skinny, skinny, or super skinny, no one, now not even Jim Calhoun, 
saw him as a as a consensus first team All American and national champion by the time he left. Well, I saw him quite a few times, but then I saw him against Kobe at the Palestria for a semifinals of the state championship in Pennsylvania. He led Coatesville and uh, you know and, 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 and went against LeBron, and I just think that kind of pretty special stuff if you think about it. Wow, I mean, yeah. for a kid like him and and and, and you know to, to to be able to compete at that level. Bottom line. He ended up being an absolutely terrific player. The thing about him, he did what he did. I mean, he still holds our record for, I think, a four, 420-mile. could run forever. Wow. He knew he was a mid-range shooter. You know, became a little better three-point shooter in the NBA. But he could score his brains out. He was uh, fearless. And and, and, and now is, uh, if he's asking me to give advice to his son, he's become a great father. I'm not sure it's a smart thing to do, but regardless, mm-hmm. he's a good man and one of the great players they ever coached. Yeah, very important, no question. All right, I'll go. I'll go. I'll ask the question then. Give me the the five most important players that you added in your uh, in your UConn tenure. Well, I, I think there's different stages, but without question, as I've said this before, I was very fortunate to to, to, to get the late Cliff Robinson. So in the first couple of years. We could be competitive, and matter of fact, by year two, we won 26, 25 games, whatever it was. Won the NIT and beat a very good Ohio State team. In the semis, we beat uh, a good Boston College team uh, with Dana Barrow as a pro. So bottom line is that Cliff Robinson, to inherit him, Kevin, was really important because it gave us legitimate status, having a great player who then went on to uh, 19 years in the league and unfortunately passed away two years ago. Uh, but, but but a special player for us, and uh, Chris Smith. I mean, Chris Smith was the home guy who helped later on down the line. Uh, Scott Burrell and some other really good players from Connecticut come to us. Mm. There's no question that, uh, you know, after Rip, I, it's really hard. But I'm Ecker for and Ben Gordon I have to put together because those two guys were All-Americans, great players, second and third in the draft, great kids, and, and honestly just were big-time players coming to Connecticut. Changed a lot of things we do. Daniel Marshall's got to be up there because he's people wow. don't realize that even when he got to the NBA, he made 12 threes in the game. At, he's six foot eleven, by the way, and uh, rebound, block shots, player of the year, uh, first round draft choice. I mean, he was just as an outstanding player. And there's so many more, but I've got to probably obviously I got to say one other guy, and that would be Kimber Walker. Kimber Walker was a joy to coach. I think as he's got down to the end of my Division One career, I mean, I always I told my wife and other people. Kimber Walker was like a good, nice present you get. You know, a lot of stuff for Christmas, you're not crazy about the sweater you throw away. But the best present I got as a coach um, near the end of my career, because in his own way, he was old-fashioned. Hmm. You know, he believed in the coach. He believed in the team. You know, and by the way, he was a silent killer. You know, he, he's the assassin that you wouldn't feel, but then you'd be dead. Bottom line is he, he, he could do that. He could make that jump shot on you with a great, great smile and one of my favorite people and players of all time. So I've been really, really blessed going back to God rest his soul. Reggie, Reggie Lewis at, at Northeastern having some great, great kids right. come and develop in our program. Let's take a break from the podcast and hear from our friends at Haxton's Liquors. What says summer more than a summer yard party, beach party, wherever you like to party? It's certainly finally time for a big blowout backyard bash, there's only one place to go and stock up. Go see my pals at Haxton's Liquors on Bald Hill Road in Warwick, Rhode Island. Tim and Bob Haxton, they're always ready to serve you and have everything you'll ever need. All the top wines and spirits, plenty of beer options, a huge selection of spiked seltzers. Haxton's is always ready 
for you. So stop in and see the Haxton boys and their great staff, plenty of staff, a lot of people to help you out with that big summer buy. They do an excellent job with air filtration as well in their giant store. Their supply, second to none. They have it all. So grab a few extras of your favorite products and always be ready when your pals swing by sometime this summer. We're thrilled that Haxton's Liquors is a proud sponsor of Kevin Mack Sports. Welcome back to the 401 Podcast with Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. Well, uh, Jim, you won't remember this because I was a nobody, but as a student at uh, Syracuse in the mid-'80s, you guys came up and played, I believe, in the Carrier Classic, a Northeastern at the time. Yep. And that's my, that was my first look, number one, a, a, at you on the sidelines, but but Reggie Lewis. And, you know, I, I bring it up only because your Boston roots, people outside of, uh, you know, the New England area know you as the Yukon guy, but you're the Boston guy. And I thought it was interesting that also in this class of the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame is Providence's own Jimmy Walker. And you were telling me, um, earlier in the week that uh, you've known Jimmy Walker, knew, knew him as a young man back in Roxbury, way, way back in the 60s. Yeah, Jimmy played for the Roxbury Royals uh, right in the heart of, of the community. And, you know, it was a great basketball place to say. He played with a guy named uh, a lot of really good, uh, eventually, a little different ages stuff, uh, but a, a young, young Dwan Chandler and some of these other guys who played in the city, just great players. But I'll tell you this, Jimmy Walker was one of the great college players I ever saw. You know, very few guys can dominate. He was so strong. He was so smart. Between the leg dribble, which he protected so well, full speed, mm-hmm. make his jump shot. I, I, I've always felt that Jimmy Walker, and, you know, I, I go back because I'm college basketball, Boston guy, you're right. But, you know, just winning college basketball, and there's probably very few players I've ever seen with the control of his game, uh, the ability to win than Jimmy Walker. I, I, I always felt Jimmy Walker had to be beyond Providence in other Hall of Fame. He was that special player. He was almost at times unguardable. He really was. He was a terrific basketball player. And I, I think, you know, and after that, obviously Marvin and Ernie and the guys came along. But right. clearly, he, he, in my opinion, there's very few basketball players ever played in England as good as Jimmy Walker. I was just going to say that in three years, over 2,000 points, that was a real rarity back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, what what made Jimmy so dominant? His size and strength. You know, I think Jimmy, I, I don't know what exact size was, 6'3", so could he, but, but he's powerful, mm. and he used that power. Now, he's not, it wasn't an outspoken guy, he just played. But the great stories the players all said during the summer, he put on 20 pounds because he, he loved cake and pies. <laughs> and his mother loved him, therefore she made a lot of cakes and pies. It didn't lose the weight. <laughs> and then in play, but you know, at times he was so effortless, but he's so powerful and strong. Uh, I'm telling you, and there wasn't anything in the game he couldn't do. He could rebound. I think he averaged four or five rebounds a game. He obviously was a terrific passer, as you said. To get 2,000 points, uh, and Providence was playing at that time a national schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, special, special player. And, and and when you watched him play, you didn't see just a player. You'd always remember and still see some of the moves he had and some of the power he had on the court. Let's take a break from the 401 podcast and hear from our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have just launched their ultra-premium collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head-to-toe. This all-in-one skin and hair care kit, be clutch and avoid the upset with the Manscaped Ultra Premium Collection to keep everything under control. Here's what this package includes. Manscaped's premium deodorant, 
No, not for your balls, but for your stanky armpits. Hydrating Body Moisturizer. It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. Body Wash. I use the Body Wash all the time. Lather. Great in the shower. Has infused aloe vera and sea salt. Really a great shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Clean your scalp with an easy one step. Plus, a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm that's made with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products and a gift inside the ultra-premium collection. What a score. Join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code KMAC, that's K-M-C, for 20% off and free shipping. Welcome back to the 401 Podcast with Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. Jim, I'm curious, you've talked about, you know, growing up in Boston. Uh, You yourself, you you told me that you you played kind of like, I wouldn't say uh, semi-pro, but more you used to take some guys from your neck of the woods and make sure that you went into, uh, you know, Roxbury and some parts of Boston, and that's where you first came across Jimmy Walker. Yeah, we, I mean, we all get an opportunity uh, to travel with one. It's a kind of a basketball traveling thing with a lot of college guys, guys going to college, guys who've been to college or college players. And we all kind of get together. Quincy, Mass., which is a pretty good-sized city, had an incredible summer league five nights a week. I played over there for, for, for a couple of years. We went to Waltham, and Waltham behind the high school had a nice lighted court. Uh, we went into Roxbury, into the Norfolk House. The Norfolk House was the what today we call the Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA's, whatever I call it, mm-hmm. was a special, special place. And every kid in the community, in inner city Boston particularly, went there. And it was, it was surrounded by large projects and housing and apartments. And people would uh, watch the games, and all the great players in, 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 in the city would come there to test their game. Mm-hmm. We went in and test our game, and I don't care who it was. And at times, guys like Sam Jones played in that league. You know, he only played a couple of games back in the day, but, you know, all those different things. So it was a it was a kind of a magnet for guys to go in. And the line was, you know, they always said, that, you know, we're going to make sure that everything's okay when you come to Roxbury. Remember that because you just hit a ball. That's it. That's it. And can you imagine the players who I've never heard of never made it to college, uh, especially in the 60s, so much good talent that it just didn't get out of uh, the inner city. Well, there's no question. I still remember kids, Fama Dottie, which I remember having almost a fist fight in a, in a shower because I thought he hit me, he thought he hit them. Anyways, we, we kind of squared off inside of a shower one time. But point being, what a great player. He's got to play Division One anywhere. That good a player. You, Jeep Kelly, a guy that, 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 that would go by you in a heartbeat. And, I mean, just, and, you know, all the tremendous players who came through that city. And the sad, little sad part about this it was that, as you said, uh, Kev, they, they didn't have the opportunity to get out. Yeah. Thank God that, that Sam Jones took a hold of, uh, of Jimmy Walker, sent him down a lawyer against you in North Carolina, where Sam had gone, and thus Providence you know, got his, his grades squared away there and became one of the great players in the history of, of basketball, I think nationally and certainly in New England. Yeah, two more names to throw at you. I, I, how about Billy Blair, uh, Jimmy's cousin? Uh, did you come across him? And the, the great unknown... Uh, I've seen clips of Jimmy Walker over and over. I've never really seen enough uh, action uh, of Dexter Westbrook, who everyone in Providence well, still raves about today. Between Blair and, and Westbrook, you're talking about two the Blair, when they used to say, uh, you know, could you could, could uh, jump out of the gym? 
Okay. He did, but he also hung, he would hang on the, the ceiling for about 10 minutes, too. He's that kind of player, that kind of incredible crevasse. And Dexter Westbrook, I think we all said it, and it didn't work out for numerous reasons, guaranteed pro. You know what I'm saying? You, you see a kid occasionally, you say, guaranteed pro? Dexter Westbrook gotcha. was a guaranteed pro, and unfortunately it just didn't work out. But over the years, I mean, just think of the players that come from England, many who we never see and today, they, thank God, they would have got much greater opportunity to go out there and, uh, and, and, and show their wares. No question. And again, uh, Jim, congratulations. I'm not going to ask you how many Hall of Fames you're in, but uh, I'm sure you got a you got a busy mantle at this uh, this stage of your life. So congratulations. <laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to Jim Calhoun. And, I, you know, I know a lot of my friends in South County, they don't like the Connecticut invasion every summer. Happens in droves right about now, the beginning of July. All you see is those blue license plates down in South Kingstown, and especially Westerly. Westerly is just overwhelmed with Connecticut people who, you know, they, they, lo- they like what Rhode Island offers, real beaches, unlike in Connecticut. But I am going to give clemency to Jim and his family. They've been c- coming here for a while now. They appreciate our beautiful beaches and laid-back South County lifestyle. And, hey, Jim is a Naismith Hall of Famer. I think we're up to four Naismith Hall of Famers on who've joined me on the 401 podcast. Uh, Coach Calhoun, Dick Vitale, Doris Burke, Mike Gorman. The more Naismith Hall of Famers, the better. That's what I say. Certainly makes for a great podcast. I appreciate everyone listening. And, well, that's it for this week's 401 podcast. Please pass along our address, our link, what have you, to your pals, and subscribe to our website at kevinmaxsports.com. And listen to my radio show, please. The Kevin Mack Sports Hour, every night at 6 o'clock on WPRO in Providence. You can download the app today. You can also listen anywhere. Just tell your Alexa to call up WPRO every night at 6 o'clock. And some breaking news here. The Kevin Mack Sports Hour is going to be expanding to multiple hours in about a month or so. We'll certainly have another podcast online to tip everyone one off on all the details just in time for the start of football season really but uh, looking forward to that and thanks as always to my pal producer extraordinaire kevin collins he makes this sound as good as any podcast you can find and also to our friends at haxton's liquors and manscape the 401 podcast is available on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify and buzzsprout subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most Shoot us a like and look for the next edition of the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.